All right. Welcome, welcome. This is the Community Solidarity Response Network of Toledo. I'm Brother Washington Muhammad, and right now we're working with our sound. So if you bear with us for a quick second, we're going to adjust some technical difficulties. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, we are back. This is the Community Solidarity Response Network of Toledo. I'm Brother Washington Muhammad. He, him. I'm one of the co-founders, uh, along with Mike Leonardi and Jabril Bay of CSRN. Um, you'll hear about it in our, um, in our mission statement seven years ago. A group of us, some, you, some I've mentioned and, and, and a few others uh, we haven't. And I really want to talk about some of the people who were behind the scenes, uh, Kamasi Kush, Ebony Burke, uh, nobody, that's the rapper's name, and a couple other uh, people that were behind the scenes, uh, really getting this vibe together on speaking truth to power, not being religious with it, not being um political with it and when i say political that means being a part of that that democratic party structure that a lot of us um belong to and, and we said look can't happen uh it did we had our first uh, program then our first protest then that's where i met jody uh we interrupted the uh, mlk celebration at savage hall to the chagrin of so many in Toledo. We backed that up, Jody, with Black Lives Matter Day. Yep. All right. And we backed that up with a mayoral forum. And we backed that up with uh, Black Lives Matter Awards. And we keep backing it up and backing it up. So it's awesome for you to be here today. I have on my sports shirt, I've got some, some lavender or purple flowers on the inside of the collar. I just wanted to roll like that today. Um, medium brown skin. I'm wearing glasses. Um, short, short, short hair. And as always, I'm dedicated to respecting and protecting all black bodies, no matter the cost, no matter the gains or loss. And it's awesome to be here today, especially in a time where so many people are standing up for justice. So many are standing up for freedom, they're standing up for equality, and the freedom fighters, Jody, that are standing up now are not the suit wearing nope. uh, <laughs> freedom fighters of the past. And I'm with that. And then, like I said, it's awesome to be here. Uh, this is the home of Black Lives Matter, Justice or Else, Community Solidarity Response Network, uh, Unbossed, Unbought. Uh, we pay our own way, so we stay our own way. Yeah, I just made that up. All right, all right. All right we're not going to get into rapping right now. But I think that I've covered our mission statement. I mean, I think I've covered my introduction, uh, pronouns, and who I am. Uh, Jody, you want to take it from here? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Jody J. Summers, child of a system, better known as Spoken Truth. Uh, my pronouns are him, he, and we. I'm a cinnamon tone, brown skinned big bear of a man that is covered in 
tattoos and crystals and non-descriptive clothing. Uh, today's shirt is Urban Holistics. Uh, Sonia, I'll be seeing you this weekend and also Eden Garden because okay. I can't just be on here wearing stuff or talking about stuff and posting stuff and not actually helping my community grow. So, you know, stay involved in everything. My shirt is just, you know, a brown shirt that carries all my little extras and stuff like that. I wear these shirts specifically because I have enough in my front pockets that most people never, ever, ever get to see. But Hope, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, yeah, they might have to uh, hey. get some things out of here. Anyway, but yeah, so that is essentially me. Uh, yeah, I don't wear descriptive clothing. But what Watson. do you do at CSRM? Look, we see you on. If you follow Jody Summers online, you might see him everywhere. So some people might say, well, we saw you here, we saw you there. What are you doing with these guys with the Black Lives Matter um, signs and billboards and stuff? What do you do at CSRM? So I am the treasurer. I am essentially our accountability. And as I said before in my description, I don't care about money. I don't wear non-descriptive things. I don't, don't drive. It's a big one that people <laughs> still fathom to not understand. I don't drive. I don't need to drive. I travel all around the place. I prefer to use my thumb or carpool. And it's I don't have the funds. I've become very successful over the past few years. But because I don't like money, I just use it as a tool. That's why I'm good at the treasurer mm -hmm. position. Because I can't be swayed by somebody saying, hey, I'll be giving you this amount of money to say this. It don't work with me. Um, you can't offer. I've had stuff come through our bank accounts that I've declined. But Washington, I like it. But I've had stuff come through our accounts that I've declined because I did not like the person that was sending. That's a very big thing in organizations. Once you start accepting money or funds from things that you don't need to, they come with problems. So that's what I take care of. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and all that. Look, there's there's some things in in organizing that we. A macro manage that's when we all meet as a group, if it's myself, um, uh, Jody and others, we meet as a and handle some things. Then there's some things that we can micromanage ourselves. So when having someone like Jody uh, with us does add uh, a level of integrity to what we do. Yes, we do ask for assistance for some things, but those things only and we don't want to get caught up with someone saying hey look can you guys send this or that i mean take this or take that and then you guys are going to be beholden um to represent something jody that we never intended to represent from the from the jump exactly i don't need a all the events that you've seen us organize and host or sponsor over the last few years we don't have a huge dowry um, when we call out for assistance, that money that is gained or whatever, it's gone. There's no, we got 20, 30, 50,000 no, because why would we need it? If we're here to help the community, yeah, it's going to be difficult to raise it later on, but I'd rather raise it and use it than have it sitting somewhere to tempt somebody or have somebody try me. <laughs> which ain't, yeah. which, look, uh, listen, to try which, ain't, right, so, which ain't happening. Yeah, um, we don't play that. That's that's not. I, I, I can say I'm weird 
I, I've talked to a lot of people. I still work a job, even though I have four book series, artwork in museums. I'm literally performing every weekend since I took three months off. So all the people that are beginning now to get back on stage, I never did. I didn't have an opportunity to because I'm a poet. I'm a writer. I make the lyrics that most people live their life to. It's not right. me being mean or, or, or it's literally people come up to me and tell me this. I don't know how to react to it because I don't see it as that. I'm giving love to the world for when I'm gone, building the foundations that I won't live to see. All right. Now, speaking Weird. of foundations. Anyway. Yeah, right, right. right. You know, everyone. Right. That's right. So. Again, if you've been watching our podcast for almost a year and a half now versus coming to our meetings that we were doing previously, I thank you. I love you to our supporters right now, uh, people that's watching. What's up, Mike? What's up, Jimmy? And whoever else might be watching, I know there's a delay on this, but we love y'all. If y'all need anything for us, comment, leave reviews, share stuff to the page. I try and share as much what's going on in the community as I can. But we try and give a help, helping hand down, not just constantly lift people up. So this is our mission statement. We are the Community Solidarity Response Network of Toledo, formed November 25th, 2014, the day after it was announced that the killer, a Ferguson, Missouri police officer of Michael Brown, an unarmed teenager, would not be indicted. We bring awareness to the injustices experienced by black men, women, and children who are disproportionately murdered, attacked, provoked, and harassed by law enforcement. Police brutality has to end. We bring an awareness to the fact that most often police brutality goes without consequence or accountability. Police impunity has to end. We utilize the tactics of protest, civil disobedience, event disruption, and citizen advocacy to give voice to those who are otherwise voiceless. We facilitate progressive, community-based events that help foster self-development, and we discuss measures to hold local leadership accountable to their sworn duties, be they politician, clergy, law enforcement, educators, etc etc. We want justice, equal justice under the law. We want justice applied equally to all, regardless of class, creed, or color. For all lives to matter, black lives, yes, black lives must matter. And justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. See, we got somebody in the green room. <laughs> right, and, and right after the break, we're going to be talking about Hoodstock. Yep. 2021. And it's awesome that we have, I think, the executive director in the green room right now. Uh, so, Devon, if, if there's, I think we got some. some I got one bag of Cheetos in there. There's a bag half of Cheetos. There's a half a can. All right. I got the other half, so don't, so don't drink it all. So, we're going to get into uh, Hoodstock right after our break. But what we're going to do right now, Jody, we're going to read our guiding principles. These are the things that have kept CSRN uh, from imploding from within for the last seven years. CSRN guiding principles. All black lives matter. 
queer black lives, trans black lives, formerly and presently incarcerated black lives, poor working class black lives, differently abled black lives, black men and women lives, immigrant black lives, black elderly and children lives. All black lives matter and are the creators of this space. We throw no one under the bus, we rise together. Ashe? Ashe. And Ashe means one who changes a thing or one who makes a thing happen. Thriving instead of surviving. Our vision is based on the world we want, not the one we're currently in. We seek to transform, not simply react. We want our people to thrive, not just exist. Think beyond the possible. Ashe? Ashe. Experimentation and innovation is built into our work. Embrace the best tools, practices, and tactics, and leave those behind that no longer serve us. Ashe? Ashe. Evaluation and assessment must be built into our culture. Critical reflection must be a part of our work. We learn from our mistakes and our victories. Ashe? Ashe. Principal struggle can exist in a positive environment. We must be honest with one another by embracing direct, loving communication. Ashe? Ashe. Love, self-love is practiced in every element of all we do. Love and self-love must be a driver of our work and an indicator of our success. Without this principle and without healing, we will harm each other and undermine our movement. Ashe? Ashe. 360-degree vision. We honor past struggles and wisdom from elders. The work we do today builds the foundations of movements of tomorrow. We consider our mark on future generations. Ashe? Ashe. Self-care means we build resilient spaces by budgeting time, energy, and resources for healing. Self-care is a regular, consistent, intentional, and essential practice. Ashe? Ashe. The most directly affected people are experts at their own lives and should be in leadership at the center of our movement and telling their stories directly. Ashe? Ashe. Training and leadership development should be fundamental. Our movement must constantly grow and leadership must constantly multiply. Ashe? Ashe. Hey, Jody, before we even break, what we're going to do, we're going to put our scroller down the bottom for anybody that wants to uh, assist us in keeping CSRN moving forward. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with the line. Yep. All right? Yeah, From good stop, right, 2021. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Now you can get the same uncompromising truth you've come to expect from the Final Call newspaper on all your connected devices. Subscribe to the Final Call Digital Edition today. Go to subscribe.finalcalldigital.com. All right. Hey, I caught him while he was sitting down. All right. This is the CSR in video minute. We are going to add to the screen. All right. Brother Devon Fagan from the Hoodstock 2021. Is it the executive director? Do we call him chairman? Do I call him to cut my check for this week? All right. How you doing, brother? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Hey, we're fine. We're fine. Hey, listen, brother. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to be 
with us uh, today at our CSRM Video Minutes. It's a live podcast where we talk about some of the things that we've done the previous week, the things that we're doing right now, which is having you on, all right, and some of the things that we're going to be doing in the future, which is promoting Hoodstock 2021. Uh, we promoted the um, the, the brunch yep. that, that we Appreciate had uh, last week. And, man, look, we want to make this big. Uh, Hoodstock 2021 is going to be an institution in our city. And the beautiful thing about that is that it's community-driven. It's not agency-driven. As I look at the, um, when I look at the flyer or when I look at the event, it doesn't say brought to you by ProMedica. ProMafia. Okay, I, I didn't say ProMafia. Just in case ProMedica is listening to the, all right. Uh, it doesn't say brought to you by the United Way, all right. It's a community-led thing. It doesn't thing. say brought to you by Democrats and Republicans. Right, or- right. It doesn't say any of that, which makes me vibe with Hoodstock so much. Been a fan from its inception. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind, Jody, if, if, I could, if you could just introduce yourself, who you are, what is Hoodstock, and why should people care? Um, my name is Devon Fagan. I'm the um, founder of the Hoodstock Foundation. Um, Hoodstock is an event that started back in 1997 by a gentleman named Heston Bass. Um, he's the creator of it. Um, the concept comes from what Rick Ross implies and those guys talking about now buying back the block and um buying and having ownership in your community that's where the concept comes from hood stock buying stock in the hood um owning your own properties owning black businesses black grocery stores um showing these kids that that they don't have to be workers all their life that they can be owners they don't have to be out in the field you know picking for master as so to speak um that's where the term come from the original hood stock again was in 1997 um the gentleman who created it just chose to uh forget that you know and he moved out of town um in 2002 i reached when i came home from prison i reached out to him and asked for his blessing to do the event um he gave me his blessing i did it from 2002 to 2005 um unfortunately it was shut down um it came back in 2017 and 2019 COVID hit and now we at 2021 about to do it again um hoodstock as a foundation we we are advocates for change peace economic growth and youth empowerment that's um, our model and that's what we try to instill in the community and in the children um the actual event we do free free haircuts free hair braiding um we give away back to school supplies in 2019 we gave away 600 book bags with back to school supplies um we're uh in the process of this year trying to get uniforms and different things that help the kids um go back to school and feel good about themselves going back to school myself personally the first time i ever skipped school was because I got talked about so bad about my shoes. Anybody who knows me knows that like I got over 600 pairs of shoes right now. Like I'm a collector and it started then. 
I was talked about so bad. I just didn't want to go to school and be laughed at or talked about because of my appearance. So what we try to do is help these kids have a better appearance, make sure they're going back to school fresh, make sure they got, you know, even if we can take the supply, school supplies off of mom and dad, maybe they can afford to get you some better shoes, you know, and so on and so forth. We do what we can to come up with as many uniforms as we can for, for needy kids and so on and so forth. So you can feel good about yourself going back to school and learning and getting your education because without an education, it's hard to make it in today's society. Well, you know, I remember um, back in 1997, I think maybe, if I'm not mistaken, the first hood stop was at the corners of between Tecumseh and Hamilton yeah. and between uh, Detroit and Brown, that, that park right there. Yeah. And I was amazed of the, um, the talent that came out, you know, to perform. And now I see that, in a way, you've elevated it to talk about uh, economic empowerment. Now, as you see, Jody and myself, we're very much into speaking truth to power, but also realize that if we don't have economic power, then everything that we're doing is really for naught. Why did you, how did you come up with the idea of connecting economic empowerment to, to an event like that? I mean, that's what the, the term derives from hood stock, buying stock in the hood. That is economic empowerment. Um, and that's, you know, they go co they coincide, they go hand in hand with each other, so to speak. All right. Now, when and where, for everybody that's watching, and thank you for uh, sharing this this time with us, when and where and how can people donate yeah how can people donate and support to hood stop um it's, it's gonna be at uh city park uh on august 8th that's a sunday um from 11 to 8. um there will be um, plenty of security i know with recent recent events that happened in the city a lot of people are concerned about coming out and whatnot we're gonna have plenty of security this is not just um you know we just everybody gather in the park and there's no structure um and uh i'm going to be working with the city of toledo because they are partners in partnership with Hoods, the hoodstock foundation to make this event happen um if a person wants to donate they could just go up to toledo urban federal credit union tell them you want to donate to the hoodstock foundation um cash right amount of check whatever the case may be they'll take the donations there um you can reach out to um jody he's a he's a member of my board um different members of the board can direct you in the right directions um things of that nature but make all all, all checks or money should be payable to the hood stock foundation yes sir um now uh speaking on donations because if, if you're watching this um, this is the way that we stay independent by coming up with our own programs and, and paying our own way. Are there different levels? Is there a silver level? Is there a platinum level donation? Is there is there a level of donation where people can feel as if they actually had uh, a part in this? Um, yes, there are different levels of um 
of donations um i think they they range from 250 dollars all the way up to 6500 dollars um the city of toledo i believe um just uh sponsored us for, for sixty five hundred dollars for this event um but it, they range from 250 to all the way up until sixty five hundred dollars i don't have the actual names of each package with me but again they, they range from 250 dollars all the way up to sixty five hundred dollars but a donation is a donation we're not putting um a limit on that if you want to donate a dollar you yes, know because again the, the, the oatmeal beat no meal i'm not trying to say oh you got to get 250 dollars or nothing like that um if a person was to donate two dollars a dollar if anything a person wants to donate we accept um on the premise that that's just another piece another brick on the wall and it takes a whole lot of pieces to build that that brick um like we want a lot of security for this event and that's costly um your dollar might have went towards a pack of pencils you know how many papers a kid can write with a pack of pencils but your 250 might have went to this armed guard over here you see what i'm saying it's it's a lot to this and a lot of people um they don't understand how costly events like this can be when you're giving out 600 book bags with back to school supplies and, and in 2019 that wasn't wasn't enough i felt so bad that it was kids still standing there who had been in line all day who had been out there all day waiting for those book bags and couldn't get one 600 wasn't even enough and um so again it's like i say we accept whatever anybody has to give and offer and um you know we, we we're real transparent again this is a non-profit um our books are open to anybody who donates to us whether you donate a dollar or a thousand dollars or six thousand dollars our books are open to you to see where your money went to and how you help the community we're not um an organization that has anything to hide because we're really um, trying to make a difference in our community man all right well jody I'm going to offer a challenge for everyone that sees this podcast and um, Jody, correct me once we get off camera, but um, we want to see this. We want to see this explode. We will see this explode. And um, anybody. Well, that type of okay. Well, right. We, we'll talk about that on the next segment, oh, but um, I'm issuing a hundred dollar challenge. Um, for everyone that loves what CSRN does, um, we're going to put another hundred in. We're going to put another hundred in. I'll match that. And I'm going to challenge everyone that has fought for Black Lives Matter, everyone that has said no justice, no peace, uh, everyone that shouted and held up a sign. Now you can get into the real work of revitalizing our communities to make our communities a safe and decent place to live. So now we're talking about developing our young people, uh, economic justice, economic development, 
I'm in for 100. So if anybody else is watching this challenge, don't send it to CSRN. Go to the um, Toledo Urban Federal Credit Union, all right? Check, find Jody. He's everywhere, all right? If you just look around, he's probably walking by your house right now because this is time delayed a couple seconds. So if you're watching this, donate to Hoodstock 2021 at the Toledo Urban Federal Credit Union. Uh, inbox um, uh, our the executive director. Uh, inbox Jody. Uh, I'm putting 100 in. All right. Check out our page, um, the Hoodstock Foundation. I'm sure we'll have up there because you can also drop our book bags. We got some locations coming up where people can drop off things. Those those, those locations um, will be posted on the um, on the social media as of tomorrow. Um, all uh, flyers, um, our whole promotional campaign will start Friday, if I'm correct. All right. Hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. Um, Devon. You're welcome to hang out if you want to add something uh, later on. And I, I know we might have something to do around this time. So but if you want to hang out, I, you're um, welcome. I, 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 I got about 20 more minutes for you guys. I had it all scheduled and on my calendar and boom. Jody, you made me say like you're gonna be there, and I said I'm gonna be here. So y'all y'all got y'all got me for another another 20 minutes or so. Okay. All right, so we're gonna come back, we're gonna talk about some of the community issues that we've had over the fourth. So stay uh stay tuned. This is CSRN video minutes, our weekly podcast. We'll be right back. Did you know addiction is a disease, not a moral dilemma? The opioid epidemic and substance use have a major impact on communities of color and many people's lives. Wasion Wellness Recovery Support Center offers culturally relevant, inpatient and outpatient behavioral health treatment and recovery support services to any Ohioan struggling with addiction, mental health, or finding sober safe housing. We must recognize that treatment is available and accessible to all. If you are in need of treatment or want to find out more information, you can call 1-888-728-2713 to talk to someone or schedule an appointment. Are back. This is the Community Solidarity Response Network of Toledo. And also in the green room, we just jumped him in the studio. We got an awesome tech team, all right? They almost know what we're doing, all right? That terminology. Y'all brought me on before I knew I was on. I was looking. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know we like to do that. I just, you should have saw me earlier. Made sure I caught Jody just sitting down. You know, I like to make myself look good. That's the only thing. That's all I got. That's all my, my only redeeming value. Hey, listen, we're back. We got Devon Fagan for about 20 more minutes. Uh, Julian, I want to jump right into it because we're going to have a segment regarding wellness and health. And I really want you to quarterback that, all right, to talk about how important it is to, to keep ourselves mentally fit, uh, mentally well during this pandemic. 
tossing it to Jody. Um, this weekend, we've had 4th of July celebration. Uh, what were some of the things that you saw went well? What were some of the things that you saw could have gone better? And then I want to uh, if we can hear from Brother Devon and then Julian chime in. But what were some of your thoughts? Well, the fourth, as, as it's always been, it's, it's layers. You have your good stuff. I went to several dozen events that turned out awesome. Uh, families had fun. People had fun. I had to perform a lot. Lots of vendors did stuff. You know, this ain't my holiday. I still got to celebrate with family and friends regardless. I think a lot of people had that disconnect of, I'm not celebrating this because it's blah, blah, blah. I want. I don't get much free time. If you want to put a holiday up, let I'm going to use that holiday to my to the best of my advantage. I don't celebrate that because it was my anniversary of my art brand, which just turned four. But it was some good things. And then we get to the second layer of explosions and shootings and people that just don't know how to be happy. Mm. I, I think that's ultimately. I've been seeing a lot of videos about it. Yeah, I've been bouncing around trying to help people. Right. The incident on Barry, I'm very connected to because that's one of my food pantries and the person that set that up. We're going to table that till later. But I think it's a lot of people who the world has opened up because it's like the world opened up this weekend. Mm. Last year was the soft opening, the pandemic and stuff right. like that. And this weekend it was like, give me these fireworks and blowing up your house. Right. I don't know. Um, but I think it's a lot of people who don't, after a year and a half of staring at screens, you go outside, there's barely people there. And then there's so many others that say, hey, I got help this way. But then there were so many. I have a friend who works in the medical industry. She never got stimulus one, let alone all this other stuff that people got. And she's still working her job. So then there's the people that didn't get nothing. And now they see everybody out here buying stuff having fun so okay the rule of the streets is, is you keep what you kill but i think it's time for that mentality to die i enjoy the fact that i've lived long enough to be an og all right and never got caught okay all right now but i know half of the stuff that's going on now i wouldn't have crossed that line no matter what happened hmm. children elderly people Firing at somebody you know you ain't gonna hit is different. And I'll leave it there. All right. Um, we've got 10 more minutes of um our chairman. All right, the chairman here. Um, Brother Devon, uh, we're talking about the fourth, we're talking about some of the violence that we saw regarding the shootings and the um the firework explosion. What were your take on some of these events that you saw? in your news feed over the weekend. What would you have to say about those things? Um a lot of the a lot of the stuff that's going on as far as shootings and things of that nature, I think breaks down in in mental health. I think a lot of these people have mental health issues. Anybody who would just sit up and randomly shoot people has something really seriously going on in their mind that it's not normal. You know, whether it be a child, whether it be an adult, whoever, like that's that's just a part of the crisis that we're going through in America. 
where people don't have morals anymore. They don't have values um, or, or, or care for life within itself. Um, they see so much on this Grand Theft Auto and on these Chicago videos that they think these things are okay and, and they normalize it and it's not normal. These things aren't, um, it's almost like they're living a fairy tale until they wake up 30, 40 years from now in a cell you know, eating two hot dogs and some beans and yeah. understanding why they not free yet. You know what I mean? And they're probably more than like realistically going to die in there if they ever catch who did that. You know what I mean? And for what though? Like at the, I'm, I'm almost sure that whatever the case was, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? And again, you shot a 10 year old, 51 year old, 19, 17, you just randomly shooting people. It's I can understand. Okay, people have problems, gangs, whatever. All those people ain't do nothing to you, and you didn't have no problem with all those people. So why were they at risk? Why were they put in danger? Why were they shot? You know, again, that's right. something going on in the psyche that you know right. we need to figure out within within our youth. And I think parents need to be more active in their kids' lives and start uh, taking some responsibility because I've seen so many posts about the police, about uh, the big homies and about this person and that person. And none of the parents are saying, oh, it's my fault. My child was out there at 12 o'clock at night, 11, 11.45, whatever at night. Because um, when I was a kid, if the streetlights caught us, you know, we had something coming and they don't die right. nowadays. You know what I mean? They can just be out doing what I seen some some kids the other night that we were on um, this is on the fourth matter of fact these kids couldn't have been the oldest probably maybe was 13 14 they in the park letting off fireworks you know it's about eight or nine of them where are your parents at though yeah like y'all out here at 11 o'clock at night letting off fireworks and it's it's it's, it's no home training there's no love in the home and a lot of these kids are coming from single parent homes it's just it's just it's just sad it's just tragic and as for the um the u-haul thing i mean again you gotta be nuts to even i don't I, some things i just never understand yes sir yes sir and, and i think that's indicative of the time that we live in and that's why hoodstock 2021 is so important because there's going to be a young person that see what you do and I've taught prevention for, for 20 years, and we would always say that children are actors, and they tend to act out what they see in us as adults. And if, they, if my children see irresponsibility in me as an adult, it's going to be difficult for them to be responsible young men and women. And at one point, absolutely, we definitely have to look inward. We're our own worst enemy taking personal responsibility and, uh, and self-improvement can be the foundation for improvement of our communities. And it has to start with us. I'm thankful that we have Good Stop 2021. To, to touch on what you said, like, again, they, they, they act out what they see. And the parents, again, are they at work all day. Then the kids is at school. Then you know, like he said, you know, you got all this money floating around, people taking trips, they're gone, their kids are here. Okay, you can stay at home, I'm going to Miami. And who's raising them? 
the TV, the things that they see in violence and sexuality and all this stuff is all you see on TV. So again, they start to emulate these, like I said, uh, YouTube videos and you know all the stuff that are starting to be normalized. So they're just reenacting re things that they've seen. And the parents aren't there. That's why I, I keep my son with me so close. If I can take him to a meet my will, I want him to see how I interact with people. That's why he's so polite and well-spoken at three years old, because I, I train him and I get him to understand that you have to be this type of person. You see what yes, I'm sir. saying? I'm not, I don't let him watch anything on TV other than something educational. I'm you're not watching nothing in my house other than something educational. And that's, uh, you know, the, how we need to, instill and again train so they act accordingly and not let you know youtube and cell phones and in the internet raise our children all right devon thank you for joining us um i'm going to bring in uh julian to this conversation i know you have to go but before i'm, I'm still i'm gonna, i still got a few more minutes I'll try to do a skillful exit. All right, it's all good. That's cool. I mean, I, I still I want to hear what my man's got to say, though. All right, all right. Julian, first, how you feeling? Who are you? What do you have on? All right, and why are you a part of this movement? And then, if you don't mind, if you could share your thoughts about uh, what's happened over the 4th and what are some of the things that we did well, what are some of the things that we can do better? It's on you, Julian. There we go. No, I, I, I'm proud of my background. Uh, my name is Julian Mack, preferred gender pronouns, he, him. Uh, I'm wearing a black fist um, and a shirt that says thinkers. Um, and it's got uh, several powerful black men, uh, Martin Luther King representing peace, Obama representing power, Malcolm X representing respect, Nelson Mandela representing dignity, and Bob Marley representing love. Um, and I do believe love is the most uh, revolutionary of all things that we can do um, in, in, in these streets, period. Um, as far as I got, a, I mean, I got a lot to say. Um, this is Minority Mental Health Month, uh, the month of July. And I mean, where do I start? Uh, in, there were over 19 million guns uh, purchased last year uh, during the pandemic. Uh, 19 million new firearms, uh, the most amount of firearms ever purchased in the history of the United States. To wow. think that that's, yeah, just, I'm just gonna let y'all sit on that for a minute. To think that that, um, I mean, we're, we're seeing the effects of those, right? Um, when there's so, I'm not, you know, anti-gun, People do do with your, your strap what you want to do, but to think that there aren't going to be some uh, byproduct effects of that on a massive scale, I think is just a bit naive. Um, we're dealing with, uh, you know, there are mental health issues that arose uh, from being in solitude, from being isolated. Um, you know, I, I'll even say myself, it took me a minute to get the use to get used to being around people, to fill in folks' energy again, right? Um, and to right. understand, you know, what that means, how to respond. 
Right? I had a, I had a guy today, today, um, was like, don't you nod at me. Don't you nod at me. I know who you are. Don't you nod at me. And I, I, like, I, think, I think it was an, uh, a, a mental health issue. You know, I just let it slide. But like, had I did been in a different headspace, you know what I mean? I might have been like, who are you talking to? You know what I mean? <laughs> and it could have, you know, I can see um, hurt people hurt people. And, and it's healed people heal people. And so um, I can see how there is a level of brokenness beyond just the black community uh, that exists that um, that that that's causing a, a fracture in in and what behavior uh, or that's causing a fracture in and just thinking clearly and just thinking clearly and so I see I think we're seeing a byproduct of that um, specifically though to our community I mean I think we have to keep in mind uh, socioeconomic factors that exacerbate the conditions, right? The, you know, we're dealing with, um, we're still dealing with extreme poverty. We're still dealing with um, a lack of resources uh, driven to um, mental wholeness, I'll put it that way. And I would even say that we have gaps within the mental health system, right? So say if somebody does get involved, say somebody realizes that they need uh, mental health treatment, right? we, have a, we have a problem with cultural competency within the field of mental health to begin with, right? There's, um, I'll just say it. I, I'm just trying to figure out a, a polite way to say it. But like there's 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 meetings that people go to where, you know, my blackness is considered an outside issue right? um, where it's shunned upon to talk about racial trauma. And most uh, and most, you know, I'd say uh, mental. I'll just say most addiction on some level stems from trauma. Now, if we don't ever talk about it or create spaces for that for healing, we perpetuate uh, a system of hurt, right? And it's like, either you're gonna do two things, build or destroy. I, and um, I think one of the things that I'm starting to realize as I was reflecting on, on the incidents from this weekend, is how necessary it is to um, build a place or a space where we can heal um, from trauma that is directly connected to racial harms, because there are so few places like that uh, that exist. And, and to be honest, I wouldn't even know where um, some folks would start in regards to that. So um, just, that's just my two cents, kind of just just to kick it off. Um, but the issues we have are are, are deep, are deep. All right. Um, thank you, Julian. Uh, I got a question for Devon and uh, regarding Hillstop. You know, we it is Mental Health Awareness Month for minorities that we we take a look at our mental health in, and we struggle with that because there's a lot of stigma attached to us as a people 
uh, managing our mental wellness. And what are your thoughts on that, uh, Devon, on managing our mental wellness, managing our mental health? And as a black man, uh, what do you do to stay balanced on juggling all of the projects that you have? Um, far as far as the mental health piece, I, I think it's um, at some point we our eyes, everybody's eyes need to be open because believe it or not, I believe this is just my personal belief. I I believe that somewhere in each of us there's mental issues that we need to take care of that we need. Uh, may need healing from that we may not even understand that we have. Um, when I, I went through a thing in my life where I became an alcoholic, I went broke. I didn't want to hustle. I didn't want to grind. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to do anything. And I became a full-fledged alcoholic. Like I'm getting up at 11, I'm drinking, I'm drinking at one, I'm, I'm passed out by six, I'm back up at nine or 10, trying to make it to the liquor store before they close. Like I was messed up for a while and I didn't really understand what was even going on with me. And it was things around me and things that was happening to people I cared about. And um, a lot of things that I, I felt like if I was there, this wouldn't happen or I could have made a difference. In, this situation, or I could have stopped this and I didn't. And it was taking its toll on me to the point where I didn't have a place to live. Um, I was just like, I was just all messed up. And I got on my knees. And that was one of the few times in my life that I prayed for myself. Because usually when I pray, I pray for other people. I pray for my people and their well-being and things that I don't pray for myself. Um, but I had a real conversation and I opened up to my higher power about everything that was going on in my life. And just me speaking it out was my healing. And it helped me understand what I was really going through just by saying it. Cause it was so much, it was like inside of me. I didn't talk to nobody. I'm, I'm cause I'm, you know, if, if people know me, I'm, I'm, I'm more to myself um, to type. I don't, interact well with just meeting people and stuff like that yeah we can build a relationship i can do that with anybody right but i have to it has to be some type of connection through something or someone to make us build i'm just not a naturally friendly person who can just walk up to somebody and be friends with them you know but i think us as a people need to understand that it's okay to speak out uh, it's okay to be heard. It's okay to voice your problems. It's okay to voice what you got going on inside. Because until the point when I, I did that, I lost everything. I, I, my whole life was in shambles. And once I did that, I felt so much better. It was like, just like that. Like it was a natural healing, just speaking out the problems that I was going through. And I think more people need that. Um, and I think that a lot of people in the black community feel as though it make them soft or it feel as though it make them this or it feel as though it make them that. Um, and like I said, I believe at some point in all of our lives, we got we got some type of mental health that we need. We Because even if you're healing, if, if you're healed, you need to heal others. That's mental health. You know what I mean? That's like, right. That's right. And 
And a lot of people don't understand that. Like, let me pass my healing on to you. You know what I mean? And some people that keep them whole, just helping heal others. And it, it's just, I mean, life is just, it's, it's a deep thing. And I, like I say, I just try to like, pass whatever knowledge I have or whatever I've, my experiences and things I've been through to a lot of the, the youth and people that I deal with. I, it's a, a Benny Siegel stand where he said, I went through it so you wouldn't do it after me. And that's what I try to instill in these young brothers that I engage with. I try to take my life experiences, how it was for me being in prison, how it was for me sleeping on the streets, eating tuna fish and pork and beans out of a can and not having nobody in the world to talk to. And I let these young brothers know that they can confide in me. They can trust me. It ain't a soul on this planet that ever told me anything that I've ever divulged to anybody. None of these, none of these kids, none of these situations. Um, and it's been times where I had a young guy, like, you know, he just like, look, man, I don't want this gun no more. Can you, can you buy it from me? All right, okay. You know, and like it's just he didn't want to be that person that he yeah. was being led to be. You know what I mean? Uh, but without yeah, having nobody yeah. there that he could talk to, then what? He still got the gun. You know what I mean? Ooh. Life is life is life is life is deep, and you and like I say, like earlier, just giving a dollar. You never know how that could change somebody's life. I helped Gutter Dave with the um, I ain't gonna take up too much more time. I just want to tell you all the story. I, I've helped Gutter Dave with go ahead. You preaching, brother. You preaching. So I, I helped Gutter Dave with Duncan for donations since his inception, right? And he always used to try to get me to man, go with me, man. Go with me, pass off the toys. Man, I ain't on that, man. I ain't trying to do all that, man. I'm cool on that. I don't want to do all that, man. Three years straight, he pressed me. So I finally go one time, right? And we go to this guy's house or whatever. He was a um, war veteran, um, single father, custody of three kids, barely making it, um, bad back, messed up from you know the wars and all that stuff, ain't work. Um, but he's doing the best to try to you know take care of his kids or whatever, whatnot. So we go to give him the toys, and you know those little army men like the green ones, they don't do nothing. They just sit there like right, like a statue. They cost a dollar at the dollar store, like right. 12 or 16 of them. So we got this big old bag of stuff for these kids, right? The little boy had them at like six or seven years old. So he takes that out. He opens it. He instantly get to playing with them. And he says, thank you, sir. Wow, he's so happy, right? And I'm just looking like, man, if I gave my kids that, they would cuss me out. All the yeah. kids know if I gave them that, they probably look at me like I was crazy. But this little boy had actually never had a Christmas gift in his life. That was the first thing he seen in that bag, and it made him the happiest person on the planet. That one dollar. That's why I say it don't matter what you give when you really, you know, give it from the heart. It don't matter. Some people give from abundance. Some people give because they got it, because they got money stacked up to here and it's nothing. Some people do it for tax write-offs. And some people generally care. And some people say, here, I got these $3. That's all I got. 
You know what I mean? But that $3 can make a difference. You speaking to one of these kids can make a difference. I mean, we, we, we all, it take a nation to build. We're going to have to build each other. We're going to have to help each other. And it's going to take all of us. It ain't the Toledo Police Department. It ain't the city of Toledo. It ain't the funding. It ain't the money they got or none of that. It starts with us, us as a people. We say Black Lives Matter. We got to show each other that our lives matter within us before anybody else could think our lives matter. If we steady killing us and we steady taking us down, we hating on us and we trying to stop us from progressing and stop us from growing, then what is everybody else going to do? How can you ask somebody to say, oh, don't do this to us when we're doing it to ourselves? It start with us as a community. Right. As a whole. And that's why I try to bring people together with this event. No, it, when have you seen 3,000 people in one place with no acts of violence, no nothing in, in the age range that I bring to the table? You haven't. But it's so much joy, it's so much fun when people is giving back and people are, are there to receive blessings and people are handing out blessings and it's a good thing. How could something how can we turn that into anything negative or bad? You know what I'm saying? It's the people, man, to come together as one and build each other up. Man, um, you know, we started this podcast. Mic drop. Yes, sir. We started this podcast uh, knowing that we were going to talk about some political issues, knowing that we were going to talk about uh, mental health and wellness, as well as some community issues. And and I'm I'm just so pleased to have uh, four black men on a podcast. We're taking responsibility and showing black love and respect to each other like this. So um, original salute and revolutionary salute to all of you brothers that are taking in part this conversation regarding mental health. This is something that a lot of us as black men have been socialized into thinking that it's not for us. That's what other people do. Well, you know what? If, when I have issues with my eyes, I went to Optigo. All right, so if, if Christian Moncrief is listening, I went to Optigo by Twix in between and got my glasses because I can't see. You shouldn't be driving with me without my glasses, all right? Now, what happens when we our perception is skewed? You know, what happens when we start feeling feelings and, and even seeing things that we're really not seeing? It's okay to get a mental health checkup. It's okay to talk with someone. And just talking with someone doesn't mean that you're going to be medicated. However, yeah. whatever it takes for us to maintain and stabilize, we have an opportunity now to talk, to have this conversation online without any of us feeling like, man, that's weak, Julian getting help. What'd that look like? Well, the strongest people I know get help. And when I saw that they were putting on the uh, hood stop brunch, there was more people there to make that happen than just uh, Brother Devon. So it's difficult or nearly impossible to just be solely independent. You don't need any help and you got all the answers. I know a few people like that and they're at Forest uh, Cemetery because they weren't able to get help. So thank you, brothers. Um, is it time for a break? We can take a break um, and come back because we still want to hear from Julian and then us too. Because Brother Washington has a habit of 
asking the questions but never answering them so look that's because i'm old as dirt <laughs> that's because i'm old as dirt and i really want to hear youthful solutions to age-old problems that's why we're doing this right now we just committed to doing things the way 60 year olds and 65 year olds do it we wouldn't have made it uh we wouldn't be doing hood stop we'll be too afraid well i don't think we should be doing that in our community no no it's it's time for the joshua generation this is a fearless intelligent generation that we've given birth to and so that's why look i don't have to all right but i will so hey look we're going to take a short break we're going to come back uh deal with mental health yep. in in politics so stay tuned this thank is, you Devon. yeah now, i appreciate i appreciate y'all a great deal for having me on i really i really thank y'all for your support um and the shout outs everything like I, I really appreciate you guys if you guys ever need me for anything in the future anything my organization and my people can help you with just name it is done you know as long as this in righteousness we're gonna make it happen i don't care what it is like anything you guys need from me can i just tell you just i, I appreciate your transparency and being so real brother like you know your story is is like so many others but they, when we go through that stuff, we all think that we're going through these things by ourselves, not realizing that so many other people are going through these these things, you know, or, you, or that. Yeah, you can tear down the people around you too. You can be mm -hmm. hurting them while you hurting yourself, and you not even know it, because you taking the brunt of it. But they, they, my, my, my kids wasn't getting shoes and clothes and stuff like they were supposed to. I wasn't paying the bills at home. Me and my, my girl broke up. You know, a lot of stuff, it just, you know, you can hurt others too. Thank you. Thank you, though, so much, man. I mean, you, you inspired, you gave me like some new life just now. And I, I, I want to give you your flowers for that right now. You know what I mean? Immediately. Because, you know, there's been times when I thought like, oh man, I just, it's just me, you know what I mean? And and there's so many of us that are going through similar things, but we don't ever share about it. Um, and so it's, it was so refreshing just to hear that from you. And, and I genuinely really appreciate that. Uh, and if you didn't help anybody else, you know, you helped me today. For sure, I appreciate that, I appreciate that. Like I say, any, anything y'all need from me, man, y'all can always reach out, y'all know how to get in contact with me. And if it's anything I can do to help any y'all and in anything that's righteous, or especially for these kids, just let me know. Yes, sir. And anytime you wanna come back, you're more than welcome to, just let us know. Most uh, definitely, I, I appreciate the invitation. All right. Hey, look, come on back. This is the CSRN Video Minutes, our weekly podcast. Thank you, Brother Javon. Uh, if you got to go, thank you. Julian, if you got to go. No, he said he's got to stay. He's got, he's got yeah, I, can come, I can come back and watch the rest of this, right? Yes, sir. Yes, okay, sir. Okay. I heard you speak a couple times at different places and stuff. You know what I mean? I was in the crowd and stuff. So, I, I you know, your views on stuff, it, they interest me. Some, they interest me. So, I'm going to come back. And right. I appreciate you. Right, thank Thanks. All right. Stay tuned. See you in a few minutes. We'll be right back.
Hey, I'm Dr. P. Not only am I a leadership coach, I'm a change agent, and I'm a race scholar. I've used my study of race to dismantle systems and organizations, but I also use that to help you as the individual become a better leader for your families and for your community. We are back. All right, we have. I was ready that time. Hey, yes, sir. We have one of the spokespersons. I was gonna say spokesman, but I didn't want you to check me on on on, on live feed again. We have one of the spokespeople for CSRN, uh, our brother Julian Mack. Uh, for anybody that wants to help support us, you can support us by through our cash app, CSRN419. We also have the crawler going down. Uh, also, you can support us via PayPal, CSRN419. Uh, we thank everyone for their support, for everything that they, they've given. Judy? Well, also, if you cannot give a monetary donation, you are more than welcome to go to our website. Shout out to Ruth. Uh, our administrative lead who does all the hard work and, and uh, uh, digital pushing to make sure that if you want to purchase something to have in your home, you can see our yard signs, our wristbands, our water bottles, our stickers, stuff that you can stuff that you can physically have to show your appreciation. Again, like Devon said, it doesn't matter whether it's one dollar or a, a donation of larger Every bit matters because these lights ain't free, this podcast ain't free, and it, it just makes it run a lot smoother because it's going to get done. <clears throat> it's going to get done regardless, but uh, that helps a lot, and I appreciate that. We all appreciate that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what we were talking about before the break was mental health and wellness. Um, Julian, I want you to help our brother um, Omar Dent that's online right now. We're going to put him on speaker. Um, he's calling all the way from Colorado, all right, uh, correctional institution. Brother Omar, are you here? Yes, brother. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Hey, listen, brother, we want to thank you for, for joining our podcast. I'm going to try to position this speaker 
so that we can get the maximum of volume. All right. And uh, all right, um, for Julian, what's our volume like? It's good. All right, all right. Hey, um, Brother Omar, I'm on, I'm on, we're on our podcast right now with our spokesperson, uh, Julian Mack. Uh, we're talking about wellness. We're talking about increasing our self-esteem. We're talking about staying balanced. And Brother Omar, you are in the belly of the beast. Um, how do you manage, brother, to keep your self-esteem up? And, and also, if you can uh, introduce yourself, because we've got some new listeners today that have no idea who you are. So if you can introduce yourself, who you are, what do you do as a freedom fighter? And then lastly, uh, how do you stay, how does your self-esteem stay high? And your uh, self-worth and self-concept stay balanced, doing what you're doing, where you're at. It's on you, Brother Omar. All right. Uh, first of all, I can say God is great. You know, thank you for all, all the wonderful members of this team for doing this podcast. It's a very beautiful thing to um, just to come together with people like mine and you know the, who is joining and trying to... Uh, you know, on the same level that we're on and, you know, elevate themselves and we can help to pull each other up. Um, my name is Omar Jin. I was born May 6, 1984. Um, my website, com, basically explains my legal plight. I'm fighting against uh, mass incarceration in Colorado, making my case uh, an example of what Colorado is doing in the bypassing the, uh, the grand jury system. I explain on my website, you know, most people to prison, whether they be innocent or guilty or deserving of a um, lesser punishment under this uh, so-called criminal justice system and violating their own laws, the law of the land, and this gang conviction. Um, there's the brother's question. What I do as a freedom fighter is this, I mean, sometimes I sum some things up. I get up every day and fight, you know, just uh, continue to reach out to people, write letters, and um, just prepare myself to get on this beautiful platform right here very instrumental and powerful. Um, self-esteem, how do I build self-esteem? First and foremost, I connect with the Creator. You know, that's very important to understand that no, no matter what position I am in as a man, even though I'm considered as being at the bottom of society, I know I do have a immeasurable self-worth that the Creator gives me for the breath of life, the spirit of life, you know, His power, you know, first and foremost. And I think about, you know, what the ancestors have been through, you know, how they stayed strong, gave us a legacy of resistance, power, education, of uh, this cultural awareness. And I, I hold on to that by reading and digging deeper and deeper. Um, how do I keep my self-esteem? Um, you gave me some very powerful questions, my brother, so I want to try to sum them up and let me know, am I talking too much or do you need me to pause or... You good. Keep going. I'm good? Yep. I have a question for you, brother. I have a, I have a question. Okay. I have a question for you, brother Omar. Um, okay. It, it, I'm I'm gonna get it explained into this a little bit later, but can you talk about how the opioid epidemic and and the flood of fentanyl is having an impact in for incarcerated populations? 
most definitely, my brother. I think that ties into the self-esteem issue. Um, I think maybe every prison, every state has a different struggle with different drugs. Maybe because of the environment around the prisons, whether it be, you know, um, rural or whether it be like close to the cities or, you know, but the main issue is I think people are taking things, obviously, to numb down the, uh, the lack of uh, confidence they have in themselves because humanhood, um, so much of your masculinity is behind these walls. Oh, we back? Mine checked out in the early 90s, all right? But, hey, that's neither here nor there. I got a hat. Right, and, and, right. So um, I wanted to ask you about your, and, and thank you, Julian. That was an important question, and thank you for fielding that, that question, uh, uh, Brother Omar. Thank you for tying that in to... Um, how do we keep our self-worth and self-esteem high? And definitely drugs, any kind, if it's alcohol or whatever, um, is not the answer. All right. On your website, it says stop illegal imprisonment in Colorado. We've got that up on our screen right now. So everybody that's doing our, our podcast, they see that from the uh, freeourbrothers.com uh, website. Uh, what do you mean when you say stop illegal imprisonment in Colorado? And, Brother Omar, why should we care? We're in Ohio. Very good question, my brother. Um, let me explain what, what it means by stop illegal imprisonment. Like the website explains step by step. I'm not praising uh, the grand jury system or saying it's the answer. What I'm saying is that it's a board of citizens called the grand
with him in trial, he, he trickles down. Now they say, okay, if we can do this to prisoners, now we can do it to our own employees. So injustice anywhere, the threat to justice everywhere, most definitely. All right. Um, my last question, and thank you once again for joining us. Uh, thank you for, for being with us. Um, how can they, how can the people that are watching this podcast, whom some have never heard you before, if they wanted to reach you by Instagram and Twitter, how would they do that? Um, you can go to uh, Instagram at Free Our Brothers. Email to where I can respond on the PO box. Then I have um, free our brothers one the normal one um, at gmail.com. That's the email. If I want to add something, brother, if I can, we were talking about um, self care, self esteem, and I really want to make an appeal, you know, to my to my wonderful, you know, um, black sisters, man. The reason why I want to do this is because I have a fiance in my life. That's the original woman of the earth, a beautiful black woman. And I've been walking with her. She's been walking with me for over 13 years through different trials and circumstances. And when we talk about self-esteem, I witnessed her go through a near-fatal marriage. The man, you know, take my high school sweetheart, you know, we, we split up the high school in separate ways, married her, and deliberately, you know, almost took her off the face of this earth away from me. And I had to help build her self-esteem back up because... So much of our self-esteem is wrapped up in being a wife, uh, being so-called physically attractive, what she was obtaining as her educational status, you know, and uh, this various things of being, you know, so-called desirable in different men's eyes that she's been dating scene. And I want to make an appeal to my sister to say that if you don't know your own self-worth for yourself, so when a marriage or job or status is taken away, you can't really find your own work. It's painful for me to witness that, but I, I um, give praise to Allah, the Creator, for allowing me to take that. The teaching moment is painful as it is. I'm still working through it and be able to relay this humble message to other to other women. Well, thank you, brother, and and trust me, your words are going to hit in the right place on our people. Um, this movement is much more than than picket signs. This movement is much more than uh, the direct action and the street heat that we put down. We're gonna continue doing that, but also it's about our own development. We say that uh, self-development, self-improvement is the basis for community you know, uh, development. And that's what this is about. It's about speaking truth to power. It's about giving us a voice so thank you thank you brother for for being with us today and as always our revolutionary salute and, and shields up brother same here buddy my, my brothers and my sisters thank you all and it's remember to please self-care let's work on building our self-esteem and um i would love to hear your comments your thoughts and opinions 
all for supporting me. It shields up. Shields up. Thank you so much, brother. Hey, that is our brother, brother Omar Gent, uh, calling all the way from Colorado. We want to thank our brother for being with us. We want to thank our brother for sharing with us regarding self-care, regarding self-esteem, regarding, man, the opium, the opiate epidemic, and doing all of that from within the belly of the beast. That relieves us of all the excuses yeah, while we can't dance. stand up. And listen, um, I want to get into this. Then, yeah, then okay. we want to take a, um, a short break and come back with, um, I think, five minutes of heat. Because yep. we're going to deal with Julian. We're going to deal with loose ends. Yep. All right. Uh, Go ahead. Before loose ends, I want to say, hey, Anika. I know Brother Washington over there pushing buttons, so hopefully the sound wasn't lost too long. But you know what was some amazing sound? What's that? This weekend with her sister. What? Yeah, she told me she was, uh, she let me know that last name feels, uh, Batila. He was out there with Tony Terry. But, uh, yep, thank you for letting us know that the sound came back. And uh, good to hear from you. Good to have you in the uh, chat right now. All right, awesome, awesome. Hey, listen, Julian, we just had a wonderful conversation with uh, Brother Devon Fagan. We then, we topped it off with Brother Omar Jit calling all the way from Colorado, from the Colorado um, Institute for Corrections and for whatever that means, all right? Hey, listen, uh, Julian, we're talking about mental wellness. This is Minority Mental Health Month. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on this month? What are your thoughts on on your own journey? We only have, Jody said that we only have a, a, a few minutes, um, but what are your thoughts on your journey that you made really public, all right? So yeah. you put it out there. So what yeah, are your I thoughts? Have, I have lots of thoughts, um, and, and thank you for giving me the platform to, to share this. Um, information. Uh, frankly, you know, it's no secret. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I did keep my recovery relatively uh, private. Is this thing working right? Absolutely. Okay, we, I'm going to just keep talking. You okay. It's just your body ain't moving with the sound, but we can hear you just fine. Okay. All right. Great. Um, so, yeah, I, I you know, as, as a I guess as a byproduct of uh, some of the visibility of the work that we do, you know, my relapse after 23 months, uh, consecutive months of uh, 100, you know, of sobriety, um, my relapse was made public. Um, I was I was hospitalized uh, for an overdose uh, on fentanyl, and um, I have had time to think about this. Um, to, to, to meditate on my experience and not only that, to try to use my experience uh, to benefit others. Um, we are in a, uh, on the precipice of a very uh, deadly chapter um, that, is, that can hit the, this black community. Um, and I, 
really see my experience as trying to be, where uh, at this point I'm, a, I'm the canary in the coal mine and I wanna let as many people know this as possible. Um, when it comes to opioids, it's been looked at uh, historically speaking as a white addiction. Um, but as with any epidemic, um, epidemics happen in phases and waves. And we're now uh, entering the fourth wave of this opioid ep epidemic. The first wave of the opioid epidemic happened in the, the, the late 90s with the flood of prescription drugs um, due to big pharmaceutical companies um, lying about the, uh, medic about the medical side effects of these drugs. Um, the second wave essentially happened when they took those, when, when the federal government um, regulated the supply of those opioids and then people uh, started to seek um, pain relief on the street, right? And, and um, we already know that there's disparities in the way that uh, doctors um, evaluate black pain. And so uh, often in that third wave, right, many of those people did not look like us because initially we weren't prescribed nearly as many of the opioids that other communities had been. Um, but as we're entering this fourth wave, there is an abundance of fentanyl, um, which is a hyperpotent opioid uh, that, is, that, is, that is now uh, flooding the streets, right? It's not just an issue that's happening in white America. Um, as we enter this fourth wave, um, you know, we already know when, when, when white America catches the cold, black America catches the flu. And so I, I think we have not seen the full impact of what's about to happen with the opioid epidemic when it affects the black community. Um, unfortunately, I think this will pale in comparison to we've yet to end the war on drugs. And we know the impact that the crack epidemic had on the black community. Um, but what we're seeing to put it simply is uh, dealers, right, that are oftentimes trying to escape poverty themselves or trying to self-medicate their addiction themselves are using a fentanyl to stretch their product and increase profits. We have not seen, like, there's been a, de a huge delay in this affecting the Black community, but it's starting, this fourth wave is starting um, to really impact us. We, we have traditionally thought about the opioid epidemic as, as, as a white epidemic, but right now, and they don't, um, typically don't uh, um, delineate the numbers by race when it comes to overdoses. But there was a study done in the city of St. Louis this year. Uh, black men were actually four times more likely than white men to suffer from an opioid overdose. Um, part of uh, what brought this, I think, initially 
to in the national spotlight um, is George Floyd, right? And and there was a lot of uh, um, talk by racists of trying to justify the treatment uh, that that was given to him um, simply because of the fact that he had uh, opioids and fentanyl in his system. Um, But what we know is he very well may not have even known that. Right. Um, There were times when I did not know that myself, you know, and because it takes such a small amount of fentanyl for people to get a high or for people to overdose and it stretches this product so much um it's it's exacerbating the opioid epidemic in places of poverty which we already know are um places in the black community and so um we're really on the front end of this now with that being said um we this has the potential to be very explosive because there's a lack of cultural competency. There's lots of talk about things like critical race theory and things like that. But we know there's a lack of cultural competency within our educational system. But then that all the a byproduct of that is in jobs that require edu- you know, educational background, oftentimes we end up with a lack of cultural competency in these professions. Um, the mental health profession is not an exception. And so what we're seeing is, um, I, I think, unfortunately, uh, and this is why I'm just trying to wake people up, because I don't think we have the infrastructure as it is currently set up to deal with the influx of black bodies entering this opioid epidemic like never before. And so on this particular Minority Mental Health Month, I want to sound the alarm and let the folks know what's happening. Now, um, before we break, um, there are going to be some some events coming up um, that's going to highlight Minority Mental Health Month. Let us be abreast of that. Uh, to make sure that we post on our page. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that during this month that we, if you can, uh, do a live uh, regarding some of the stats. And that's that's my field of work. And everything that you're saying is right and exact, um, Julian. And it's, more, it's morphing from an opiate epidemic to a fentanyl. And, Absolutely. And now for our community, we're finding more and more fentanyl being, stuff. being pressed into the pills. So or people are pre- sprayed on things. People are people are pressing their own pill now with fentanyl. And you might think you're getting one thing but you're getting something else. And I tell some of the guys that I counsel and coach that you know the end is near when you can't trust your own drug dealer because yeah. you don't know what he's getting. Um, so and, let's go ahead. And, and let me let me just add real quick, man. 
this is the reality of the situation that we're living in. Um, we have to get rid of the shame and the stigma surrounded around uh, addiction and harm reduction. Right? Every you know, I hear folks talk about every single able-bodied black person should have a gun. Every single person should have at least one Narcan and be trained on how to use Narcan. Every like this is something that must happen right away. I would be dead if it wasn't for Narcan. Okay, like th these type of accidents and accidental overdoses happen multiple times a day, right? More people over the past two years in, in America, over the past two years alone, have died from opioid overdoses uh, than in the entire Vietnam War. That's right. And, and, and we have become so desensitized to death, partially due to the pandemic, partially due to just capitalism, and there's people trying to make money. But we've become so desensitized that, you know, if you, we remember the protests from the, from the Vietnam War and how we made sure those soldiers, people were fighting to make sure those soldiers' lives mattered. Um, more people that, that died, died from overdoses in the past two years, two years, right. since 2019. Than, than, than the Vietnam War, which was much longer than two years. So, you know, when we talk about life mattering, we have to pull back the veil, eliminate the stigma when it comes to these issues and practice harm reduction. Everybody should have Narcan. And so as we look at uh, events coming up in the near future, uh, there's gonna be Narcan distribution um, available. Make sure you have some on you because it might be you, it might be your family. You never know when that will be needed. All right. Hey, listen, we're going to come back with five minutes of heat. We might have some uh, loose ends. So stay tuned. This is CSRN Video Minutes, our weekly podcast. We'll be right back. can ride a bike without falling, then you're good to go. Bike Rides Matter is a community bike group. Uh, we get together for fun, fitness, and fellowship. Uh, we ride weekly. Uh, right now we got a Tuesday ride where we ride on the UT Trail. Uh, we do Saturday right here at Uptown Green. That's our glow roll Saturday night. It was something I was already doing with my daughter just riding bikes, and uh, we just decided it would be cool to add the community because we were just finding ways to make fun given the situation. Being that everything was closed down and options were limited, bike riding is one of those things you can do without any restrictions. You get to make new friends and just like interact with people, especially during COVID. You still like have your mask on and stuff, but it's still good to like see people. It's a cool way to stay fit. We talk while we riding, we got music while we riding. I've met quite a few new friends and new people. Uh, I made some real cool connections throughout the city. Take advantage of the time you have. Take advantage of this pandemic. I know it's a lot of restrictions, but you can be creative and find new ways to have fun. One of which is this right here.
All right, we are back. CSRN Video Minutes. That's our brother, Keith Cook, a local comedian, and he's going to have um, some some comedy event regarding the pandemic. I love, can't wait to hear what he has to say. And he has Bike Rides Matter yep. every Saturday, 8.30. All of us meet at Uptown Green. I ride with him. Got myself a nice little bike with all the lights on it. Um, so come on out and join us. Uh, that's part of mental health. Yep. It's part of keeping yourself healthy. Look, we're about to get into five minutes of heat, and we kind of cut you off at the end, uh, Julian. Uh, and we wanted to know, well, Jody wanted to know, was there anything that you think we left out before we get to five minutes of heat? Um, I just want to add that harm reduction is so important. Right? Mm -hmm. Like when we take away the stigma, uh, when we realize that that broken people and hurt people are using, um, we, we have to just get honest about saving lives, right? Narcan and fentanyl testing strips are in abundance and, and available. And there's no reason for no one not to have them. There's no reason when you think about it. And, and so um, if you don't know who, who can get them, reach out to me and I'll get them to you. That's right. Boom. And, and I want, we, we did a challenge. We did a challenge earlier regarding uh, supporting uh, Hoodstock. And I've got two Narcan, Narcan kits in my trunk. And I challenge everybody that's watching this to embrace uh, harm reduction. It's not an either or. It's not an either you uh, abstinent or you're not. There's uh, millions of people in between that we need to care about too. All right. Um, having said that, oh, who's doing the um, um, pledge? Are you doing the pledge, Julian? Uh, if my internet connection holds up, sure. Okay. It's okay. All right. So, um, harking back to a couple of things, shout out to Keith Cook again, because he was one of the first comedians six years ago. When I first hosted my very first open mic, him and Demetrius McMillan or McMullen were some of the first comedians to ever grace my stage. Oh, so, wow. Uh, that's a, a big thing, especially now being in the entertainment industry for so long. Again, uh, shameless plug, I am nominated for the five-year five National Spoken Award Awards as a national storyteller. Um, yeah, mental health. Speaking on that, that is my field. A lot of people ask me, hey, you write books? Is it about children? Do you do love stories? They see me, I'm a big, burly, cinnamon-toned, black bear man. And they're like, Woo oh. Oh, you, <laughs> so what you is your story? Woo All right, all right, okay. <laughs> and Keep it moving. This week, I sold three series. I had separate events. Uh, then this show, shout out to uh, Chuck. What up, Chuck? Saw him, shout out to Prophet, shout out to Prophet, cast off where I first actually kind of found my voice by being on the radio show. So go back to the days before the South Side shows, before all that stuff. I'm one of the original members oh, wow. and that's what changed me to where I am now. Actually, I came for a meet and greet and they asked me who I was and it kind of influenced the poem Simple Man because I said, I'm just a guy, you know, here, I didn't really know who they were, what entertainment, what the behind the scenes. Okay, now I see the fifth wall, and I, I hey. take these cameras out of my eyes. But, oh, that's right. Um, again, people bought my book series. I have four books, two of them are series, 
And I forget sometimes this being me that I have to explain this to people like, this is about domestic violence, suicide prevention, relationship trauma, opioid overdose. I only let one person live or come out kind of unscathed. Everybody else dies in those books, which is something for me as the author that actually gave them life and then had to take it away. It's weird. Hmm. Um, shout out to everybody that did do something positive over this 4th of July weekend, however you celebrate it. Um, it it's, again, a chance to come together with family. The people who did the most heinous thing, not just on Detroit and Lawrence, but around the country, because yes, there were shootings all over the country as what happens a lot on the 4th. Uh, get some help to the people who, what the news, I'm not sure, I've been back and forth to Detroit this morning before the meeting, um, did that act on Berry Street, because we have the video. Chris, love you. Um, whoever threw those M80s into that U-Haul, which the news may or may not have now, but I, again, I run so many boards, do so much stuff. I know what happens even if I'm not there. Y'all wrong. And justice and karma will come to you. So five minutes of heat and shout out to Anika. Because I see you still typing. Man. Still typing. Um, thank you so much, Queen. We appreciate it. That's all right. of your words, all of your um, everything. I, I'm looking forward to that thing, you know, that's on paper. It might be a bookstore soon. What? Um, all of that stuff okay, from you. I didn't know that. But right. Mike, shout out to Mike. You gave us a scare for a while, too. Again, stuff is, is difficult. He took a two and a half month hiatus, but he's back. He's trying to stay active and he's letting us know again. This is stuff that's difficult for me. Hey, I'm going to make it short before going into this piece. And again, thank you to all our listeners, our viewers. I know the shows are getting longer, but as you see, we have more content going on. So if you want to come on and get an interview, if you want your commercial, play through one of our segments, reach out to us. We're people. We're not organizations looking for some sponsorship or some photo op just to look good and then drop you once you serve your purpose. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad you told me that. I need to write that down. All right. But um, again, how I deal with my mental health and everything like that, I'm an author. I'm an artist. The most tortured and tragic people's lives are what I do for a living. But no matter how bad my day gets, I know because I met somebody or gave somebody a book or showed up to this show, that image that I leave at home behind my doors is something that makes me come out my doors and help people and encourage people. I have people come up to me every year. Remember that show seven years ago when you said that one thing? And I can just smile. I have no idea who they are, but I'm still going to smile because you and that keeping me alive saves great and the better version of me. All right. So uh, this piece, I did not think I would be saying so soon. Because the last time I had to repeat it, I try not to repeat the same pieces, at least within a three, six month or year span. Brianna uh, was here and our, our lovely intern. But uh, 20 to life, 
which speaks directly to the incident that happened on Detroit and Lawrence and in Chicago and all the neighborhoods where people want to be part of gangs, but don't know that the gangs were created to help our communities. OG, not to shoot up our communities. It got twisted somewhere along the way. The Black Panther Party was created to help our communities and they still use those things like the free lunch, the vaccines, all of that, that we developed to save our community after they bombed it. But anyway, 20 to life. Let's begin peace. The block don't need you. Trap houses will go on just in a different form. Co-sponsored by the pharmacy, government, and majority of those that gave up on you. All to keep our children blind to their true knowledge and crowns that we are all destined to drown if we don't feed our leaders now. That blood you spilt, stripes you earned, plug y'all robbed and multiple women you burned just to hang them like trophies while your seeds continue the only cycle they've ever learned. That won't mean when your family is selling dinners and begging strangers to bury you. All because your boy, boo, bae, plug, closest friend, and baby mama just robbed you while you flatline in a street or a hospital bed with no one around you. Fall into that trap. The block don't love you. The block only wants every ounce of blood from you. Every generation you birth to grow up in poverty with you to stack with no growth, spread disease with no hope, preach but not teach, eat but not feed, while we kill our kings and queens of a land we do not own. The block needs you to never have a voice, but to feed the statistics that we all belong in cages and chains, surrounded by walls for society to throw down its Use tissue, we miss you. Teddy bear pole pictures. Free my boo. Saying that's not our issue. And here's our proof. In peace. Stop killing us. All of us. All right. All right. All right. And as customary, we snap our fingers. All right. Messed up a couple lines there, but that's okay. Man, um, it's a powerful piece. Um that needs to be read, we need to be fed. And I think that's what would happen. There's the Wounded Volume 2, Chapter 7. You can pick it up right there. I, 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 I'm very bad at that. I don't see my words as, as history as they are, but if you ask me, Chapter 2 or Chapter 7, There's the Wounded Volume 2, 20 to Life. That's that piece. All right. And where can they find your book? There's the Wounded. They can find my books directly at me if you want an autograph copy. You can go on Amazon. They are a couple bucks cheaper, but again, you don't have my hand Uh Amazon, you can get the paperback of Volume 1 and Volume 2 if you have Kindle or the Amazon Prime. Yeah. Volume 1 is free. That's the, that's oh. the violence book, stuff like that. You can go to your public library system and request the book, uh, Volume 1 and 2, the hardcover as well, the hardcover you can find at Barnes and Nobles. You can call them up, be like, hey, it ain't in my store. I need Tears of the Wounded, my words only, in this store right now. 
we need to call some stores. Hey. All right, hey, hey, I'm, all right, that's just a thought. All right, just a thought. Hey, thoughts and, and ideas change the world. That's right, and we want to get into our solidarity pledge every week and really every day. We try to live this pledge to make us better for our community, uh, for our family, and for ourselves. And hey, I got you here today. Uh, and don't forget, uh, we've got our signs. Um, support us via Cash App, via PayPal. Repeat after me. I. I. Your name. Jody. Pledge to strive. Pledge to strive. To love my brothers and my sisters. To love my brothers and my sisters. As I love myself. As I love myself. I. I. Your name. Jay Summers. Pledge to strive. Pledge to strive. To study. To study. To improve myself. To improve myself. Spiritually. Spiritually. Mentally. Mentally. Morally. Morally. And physically. And physically. For the benefit of myself. For the benefit of myself. My family. My family. And my people. And my people. I. I. Your name. Child of a sister. Pledge to strive. Pledge to strive. To be a part of the solution. To be a part of the solution. The process. The process. And not the problem. And not the problem. I. I. Your name. Spoken truth. Pledge to strive. Pledge to strive. To give all that I can spare. To give all that I can spare. Of my time. Of my time. My strength. My strength. And energy. And energy. To achieve. To achieve. The above said. The above said. So listen, give yourselves a hand. Give yourselves a hug. And remember, we can get help. It is for you as a man, as a black woman, uh, as a soul in the community. It is okay to get help. Yes. So Do not be afraid of it. Do not be afraid to talk to somebody. If you don't talk to somebody, you won't get the answers that you need to live. Right. Shout out to everybody, our special guest from Hoodstock, Von Fang. Shout out to Julian. I don't know where he went, but you know what? He's going to do something good for himself. Either that or eating all the snacks in the green room. Yeah, you know, the green room snacks be having them. <laughs> Shout out to all the people in the comments today. Mike, Anika, um, all right. Everybody that showed up, made comments, made suggestions. Shout out to our call in from Colorado. What? Major Lane. I don't know who that is, but you shared our post. So much love to you. All facts is what you wrote. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. And as always, all lives can't matter until black, black lives, lives matter. matter. And black lives can't matter until all, all black, black lives, lives matter. matter. Justice or else? Peace. Yay. Yeah, yeah.